Welcome to NASA Talks. This episode features a conversation on senior investor protection between NASA President and Vermont's Commissioner of Financial Regulation, Mike Pichek, and Securities and Exchange Commissioner, Elad Roisman. Their conversation was recorded during a recent meeting in Washington, D.C. So today's discussion, we're really going to be focusing on the issue of elder financial abuse. Uh, this is an issue that NASA has been uh, very focused on for quite some time. Uh, it's an issue that's very close uh, to the heart of Commissioner Roisman uh, as well. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about some of the statistics to set the stage, uh, but I know this is a personal issue for both of us as well, uh, myself being from Vermont, uh, which uh, competes with Maine uh, as one of the oldest states by population uh, in the country. I think it depends on whether the commissioner I are in Vermont or in D.C., depending yeah. on <laughs> who's number one and who's number two. But we really, I think, go back and forth and oscillate, and so does all of northern New England. But I know many of the people in this room also have constituents uh, that are quickly approaching the age of retirement. Uh, I think the statistics suggest that 10,000 baby boomers are turning 65 uh, each and every day, uh, that there's going to be a considerable population uh, that's in retirement by the year 2030. I think all of the baby boomers are going to be in retirement by then, that that retirement age is going to double uh, by the time we get to 2060. Uh, so certainly this population uh, is growing. Uh, and there's also even a distinction between uh, just those that are over 65 and people that are what some call old, old, like over 85, and they uh, are growing, growing contingent as well. So these individuals that are becoming uh, living longer uh, into their retirement, uh, they certainly have assets. They make them prime targets for financial uh, criminals, unfortunately. Uh, they also happen to oftentimes be isolated, to be lonely. Uh, some of them have mild cognitive impairment. They have diminished capacity. Again, all of these things line up for making them, unfortunately, uh, some of the easiest and biggest targets uh, for fraudsters. Uh, you look at some of the statistics and they suggest that, you know, you look at one, it says that one out of nine uh, elders have been uh, targeted or exploited uh, through financial exploitation. The IPT suggests that the number is as high as one in five uh, that have fallen victim uh, to elder financial fraud. Uh, so this is obviously a very uh, tough and, and serious issue, uh, both on the financial element, uh, which some of us, through our good work, can uh, get some recovery for, uh, but there's also an emotional toll as well that really is hard to ever make up uh, and ever fix. And for someone that has done everything right their whole life and then been taken advantage of in their later years, it's particularly uh, unfortunate. So uh, I think all of us sort of have the level set of what the issue is, what we're facing, um, and I want to get Commissioner uh, Roisman's opinions and thoughts uh, on what the SEC can do, what the states can do, uh, and his personal thoughts on, you know, what's the best approach when it comes to combating this issue of elder uh, financial fraud. So the first question I have, uh, Commissioner, is really sort of a, an open question. Um, it might seem obvious to some of us, but why uh, security regulators, why the SEC, uh, why should we be so focused on this issue of elder financial abuse? Sure, and, and first of all, thank you very much for having me. I'm, I'm delighted to be here. Um, I've gotten to know many of you through uh, both my current role and my previous roles. Uh, it's truly great to see so many people who care about these issues so so much here in the same room, um, and I'm honored to be here. And I'll do my quick standard disclaimer. Uh, <laughs> you know, my views are my own and don't necessarily reflect those of the other commissioners or, or the commission. And, um, you know, one thing I'll just say is, like, I, I've been incredibly uh, heartened to see the role of NASA in this space. Um, it's been really rewarding for me to have all these meetings I've had over the many years and, and hear about the initiatives that you have. And also, just to get to know many of you, um, Mike's a good example of a person who cares really, really deeply about these issues. Um, 
And I, I think this is one that you know, we're all on the same page. So why, why do we care? I mean, all of us have different types of missions. The SEC is obviously protect investors, maintain fair, orderly, and efficient markets, and facilitate capital formation. But we all share the common goal of how do we help protect those who have saved for their entire lives and are potentially the victims or targets of fraud. So this particular population, uh, older adults, is, as you noted, like a growing population. And you know there are different things that could potentially put them in a more vulnerable situation. Products are different than they were back in the day. You know, technology is just a new way for people to not only, you know, it's exciting because it can allow and break down barriers for uh, investment opportunities and investment uh, choices, but it also, you know, could potentially be a hindrance for populations that aren't necessarily as uh, agile with technology or have a complete understanding. So this is one where we need to kind of pay attention and see whether the risks are there and how we can potentially ultimately combat it. Um, I think one of the things that's been really incredible is to see how many different people come out and try to tackle this issue. Mm -hmm. um, and it's from different segments. We have you know, obviously the federal, the state regulators, but it's also the industry mm -hmm. um, and, and frankly organizations. And it's not just financial. That's the thing I think we, we kind of often uh, focus on. We need to bring in people who you know, study elderly populations. Uh, and get their insights out. What are the things that could be most effective about, frankly, education? So I think this is one that, as I said, everyone's on the same page. All we're trying to do is find better ways to kind of address the issue and, and frankly, stop it as early as possible. So you mentioned um, federal regulators, you mentioned the industry and how we all sort of have a role to play in this. How do you see the industry's role evolving? How do you see the industry, uh, what, what steps should they be taking uh, to help combat this issue? So I mean, we're, we're in many ways the, the last line of defense. Uh, often if it comes to us, it's probably something bad's already happened. We have to make a decision, often in an enforcement setting. Or we're kind of reacting based on potentially promoting some new regulation to combat the issue. But the front lines are frankly the people who are interacting with this population. And I, I think you know they've been doing a good job of trying to recalibrate because their clientele is getting older. So. I've been talking to a lot of uh, industry firms about what they're doing, and you know they're exchanging notes about what's the best practices with uh, elderly clientele, uh, what are the best policies and procedures. Mm -hmm. A big thing I think that you know NASA was really helpful with, and frankly, so is the industry uh, in general, was promoting legislation. You know the Senior Safe Act, and Mike's there, and I'll give him a lot of credit for that as well. Um, you know this is a way for people who were in the industry that spotted an issue early on but felt that they couldn't, because of liability, inform folks. We have now created a setup where they're able to inform folks like you uh, early on, or us, about it, and potentially stop a transaction or stop a fraud closer to inception. So the other thing I think is incumbent on them is you know, come to us with ideas. Mm -hmm. The thing that I've been talking to folks in every kind of facet uh, is, how would you tackle this issue? And it's been eye-opening, because the crowdsourcing the ideas has been really exciting. You know, I met someone, I think two weeks ago, where they said, look, it'd be great if we basically had a banner on like the local news once a week that says, this is the fraud of the week. Or, you know, I was talking to someone in Massachusetts who has in their daily paper, you know, a fraud of the week section. Um, this is just kind of incumbent on us to kind of think about new ways of reaching people in these populations. 
We also do a really good job, I think, of, as regulators of going out to these populations and talking to them and try to educate them about things that they should be concerned about and certain practices and how to notify folks. I want it, like, you know, the industry to partner with us. Um, I think it's just kind of, they're, they have a lot of resources. It's actually, you know, it benefits them and for the, uh, for the market to be better uh, and to root all this stuff out because the people who do this give everyone a bad name. Yeah, and, and I think you make a good point. I often try to talk about the Model Act as not an additional regulation on industry, but as tools for the industry to partner with us as regulators to help combat this issue of financial elder abuse that we're all facing you know, day in and day out. So we talked a little bit about uh, education, about policies and regulation, and I wonder from a regulatory standpoint, what are the, what's the most effective way of, of, or what are the effective ways of targeting uh, this issue beyond that? Is it enforcement? Uh, is it uh, conversation starters with family? Is it conversation starters with, with uh, key uh, individuals that are gonna be lawyers or accountants or financial advisors right. trying to give them even more education on this issue? Like how do you see that dynamic between education, regulation, and enforcement? So I think it's gotta be a combination. And I, I don't know, I mean, we have to have strong enforcement of these things. And I'll say the one thing that troubles me, I think the biggest surprise um, from what I expected the, the job to be and what it is, I did not expect to see as much fraud as I do. Um, and you know, we have meetings where we kind of go over the enforcement calendar, and there's cases that will always stay with you. Uh, there was one that particularly stays, will stay with me. It was uh, someone who was targeting uh, elder adults with dementia, um, and you know, it just it hit a chord. Uh, and you know, no one should ever have to face that. And so I think you know, strong enforcement is critical. I do think we need to do education and outreach. And you know, one of the things that, you know, it's a constant reminder of how people in our industry are aware of what we do, but people outside don't. One of the favorite um, pieces of uh, mailings I got, or I'd say crowdsourced letters since I started was, um, there was a student who uh, wrote to me and said, you know, dear Commissioner Roisman, um, and he was seeking other signatures, Congratulations on your recent appointment as SEC commissioner. Please kick Georgia out of the SEC. <laughs> and you know, it was after some people. Some people might agree yeah, with that here. Of course, great school, great football team. There's no way I would do it even if I had the power. Um, but in many respects, I will always be the second most important SEC to folks, um, and that's fine. Um, the point is, though, we've got to find better ways of getting our message out through people. And uh, you know, one of the ideas that you know was crowdsourced that I really appreciated was like, there's a lot of people, uh, celebrities or people who are big in the communities, who can speak and reach these people. We need to find them yeah. and we need to kind of use them as uh, as carriers of our message. Because as I said, like we're all on the same page on this. So I think it's got to be a combination, but we've got to constantly think about better ways uh, to get the message out. Because there will always, unfortunately, be fraud when there's people um, that could be taken, potentially taken advantage of. So how do we you know, minimize that as much as possible? And when we find it, how do we root it out and get people back their money? That's a, that's a good point. And you've mentioned uh, crowdsourcing, you mentioned other technologies. So I'd just be interested what your thought is as it relates to technology and the issue of elder financial exploitation, both. How does technology exacerbate the problem? So maybe uh, technology, we've moved away from face-to-face -face contact with a financial professional or a lawyer or an accountant. Maybe that increases social isolation. Maybe that increases the opportunity to fall victim to fraud. Mm -hmm. But then also, how can technology potentially you know, help in this, not just in elder financial abuse, I guess, but in, in detecting fraud across the board? 
So yeah, I think you know, technology you can look at it as a double-edged sword. One is it's broken down so many barriers and allowed people to invest, frankly, at uh, less cost than ever before. Um, and the ability for them to also educate themselves is arguably uh, at a level that's never been before. However, the problem is when you have different populations, you know, some are uh, feel more comfortable with newer technology than others. And so how do we help uh, bridge that gap? Uh, because I think it's important because, you know, as you said, technology is a way for people to kind of potentially both be uh, taken advantage of, but also educate. And I, I think with older populations, I think there is a concern that many people don't quite understand it. Um, and your name, phone number, and contact information is available to a whole new group of people um, and frankly, more readily available. Uh, I, the, you know, this is something that I think of a lot because I was actually speaking on this issue uh, several weeks ago, and my phone uh, later I listened to my voicemail. It was someone calling, uh, saying that my grandson was arrested. I needed to send my social security number of five hundred dollars. Um, and to top it off, my mom later called me, um, and she said uh, someone called from Windows, said I need to give my password and my social. And I told her, uh, you have a Mac, so it doesn't really apply to you. But, um, but that's the kind of things that you know, people are. And it's not, there's not a necessarily a gut reaction saying, like, this is a fraud. And if there is, you kind of want to have another source of, uh, of people to kind of contact. And I think part of that is you know, not only the industry being available, but frankly, you know, I think we've done a lot of good work, both in the state and the federal level, to kind of promote our educational arms uh, yes, of our organizations. And you know, I see Lori Schock in the back, who's the head of our OIEA, and she's done a tremendous job of, of doing this. I think we need to kind of harness this. But again, I, I think ultimately, especially when we talk about this population, we need to kind of target that community and people who kind of uh, they trust or can get in front of them. And I think if we can do that, we can help kind of not only bridge the technological gap, but bridge the education gap in terms of what are, you know, I'd say nefarious practices or questionable uh, actions? No, I think that, that makes uh, a lot of sense. And, and you've talked a lot. So I think we, we started off the conversation sort of discussing this issue and discussing our views on it. But I'm interested, do you, is there anything in, in particular that the SEC has done, let's say, the last three or four years, or anything that you think the SEC will do, you know, in the future to combat, combat this issue that you're interested in or excited about? Yeah, so I think, you know, we're, I, I give a lot of credit to, to frankly the staff who do this on a daily basis. Um, you know, I've, since being there, I've already seen two kind of regional offices take this on their own and do outreach to large uh, elder care facilities and speak there. You have individual staff. Uh, the person I like to think of is um, Mark Berger, who's the head of the New York regional offices. He often speaks in front of uh, various communities, talking to them about things to work, uh, look out for, um, including, you know, firemen and police chief. Yeah, great. Um, and, you know, I think We've also done a great job of just promoting education through, you know, as I said, Lori's group, where they go out and talk to uh, various conferences and to people. Uh, we put out like various investor alerts on different products, practices, things like that. Uh, the chairman has done a tremendous job, I think, of putting, you know, the focus on the retail investor. And you know, we've had roundtables on this issue. Um, we've done other, you know, uh, we've certainly had enforcement in this issue. Um, we've also, you know, frankly, we're doing rulemaking on these issues. So I think we're, it's top of mind for all of us. Uh, I think it's something that, you know, we need to continue to uh, shine a spotlight on and, and frankly get more ideas. And I'm hopeful that, you know, there's an increased kind of focus, especially on elder adults in the future. And I think 
I'm hopeful we're going to have more roundtables and things on, like that. That's excellent. That's great. And, and so talking about what the SEC is up to, I mean, we're all about, you know, members of FINRA staff, uh, SEC staff, state regulators. We're about to break out, discuss topics of mutual interest. Do you see in a sort of maybe a closing thought what opportunities there are for us to collaborate better yes. together as that sort of tripart group? That's a great point. And I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention FINRA's tremendous work in this space as well. Um, look, I think we've all taken this on and want to find new and better ways to kind of combat the issue. And I think the, the big thing I'd leave you with is like, I, I really want us to communicate. And if we find things that are working in your communities or in your outreach that's really been effective, share with us. Same with us. Like if we see things um, you know, that are troubling in our OC exams, it's incumbent on us to tell you guys about what those are and, and then basically help you potentially know about new and burgeoning issues. I also think it's kind of critical for us to kind of reassess every year, every two years, and say like, these are the most prominent issues in this area. What are our best ways of kind of tackling them? I think collaboration is kind of the key for this. This is one where this, you know, it transcends state lines, it transcends, you know, frankly, national lines. Um, but it's something that's all near and dear to our hearts. So again, I just thank you so much for, for your work and dedication to this. Well, I, I want to uh, thank the commissioner for being here. I want to thank him for his perspective. I want to thank him for his efforts on this issue that I know is near and dear to all of our hearts in this room. Thank you both for your conversation on this important topic. Be sure to tune into the next episode of NASA Talks. For more information, visit us at nasa.org.